Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is a Lip Media Podcast. The gays are ascending on Australia. Josh Thomas brings his comedy show Whoopsie Daisy down under this October, kicking off on the north coast of New South Wales in beautiful Brunswick Heads, where of course they film Sea Change. Oh, yeah. <laughs> before taking in Sydney, Melbourne, Canberra, Cairns, Brisbane, and Perth. Hannah Gatsby's follow up to Nanette is Douglas, which lands in December, touring Melbourne, Hobart, Canberra, Sydney, and Brisbane before jumping short in New Zealand. And An Evening with David Sedaris sees the brilliant American author visit Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide, and Canberra in January. Go to comedy.com.au for full touring details and to book tickets. Hello, Dan from Lit Media here. I'm running podcast workshops for aspiring women and LGBTQIA hosts in Melbourne. Pick up skills, tips and tricks you can apply to the creation of your own podcast, from idea through to publishing. You can also discuss your podcast themes and ideas with the group and connect with other aspiring podcasters. Spots in our next workshop on Saturday the 5th of October are filling fast. Head to lip.media to book now. That's lip.media to book now. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and the Aboriginal elders of other communities who may be listening today. Welcome to The Gays Are Revolting, a definitive weekly news source for contemporary gays. We put the G in LGBTQIA+, and we're here to help you be the best G you can be. You can follow us on Instagram at Gays Revolting Pod, or join our Facebook group at The Gays Are Revolting. And if you'd like to support the podcast and listen to our after shows, head over to patreon.com slash gaysrevoltingpod for a heap of extra content. Hello and welcome back. Guess who's here? I've been away so much that I'm basically also just a special guest at this point. It's me, Kyle. (laughs) And I'm what happens if you don't buy your son that Spice Girls impulse that he wanted, Thomas Jaspers. (laughs) And it's just the two of us. It is just the two of us. So now let's recap. Mikey's Mm. still overseas with his fiance. Mikey's still overseas. You've just gotten back from overseas. I just got back from overseas. And Last night, like I'm severely Luke is having so. some very urgent <laughs> dental work yes. and is currently, I believe, uh, unconscious. He's having all his teeth removed. Yeah. So, uh, it's a sexual it's, thing. It's, at the moment, <laughs> it's just us, but we will yeah. very shortly be uh, joined by the Commissioner for Gender and Sexuality, Ro Allen, yeah. who I'm very excited to have very on. I'm excited. a huge fan of their work. Um, but before we get into that, yeah. tell me all about your trip. So, you're away uh, with your, your mum So, it was brother. a family holiday. So, we met my mum in Italy. Your mum lives overseas. She lives in the UK She's at the moment, the UK, so yeah. I went over with my brother. Ate Gorgeous. pasta for like every meal. Got into a lot of family. Fat. Yeah, I, I'm fat now. I'm like, fuck. I need a lot. Like, no, you look as gorgeous as you always back do. On the diet, but yeah, it was nice spending time. I mean, obviously, we had a lot of family fights. We tried to mediate some. Tied to mediate some. Mum had to mediate 
<laughs> so I'm, yeah, it was it was a lot. But I um, saw some beautiful fucking places. The oh, um, one of the places we were staying was very noisy because there were like narrow little streets. Italy stays up very late at night. Like they are walking around with prams and shopping like l- literally midnight. I'm not yeah. even joking. But so many vessels come through our street, and there was this kid downstairs like blasting music at like 4 a.m. And my mom's like yelling over the balcony at him to like keep it down. Like she can, she's fluent oh in Italian. Like, yeah, and I'm then, just imagining yeah, like rollers in her then, hair with yeah. a, a rolling pin. <laughs> it was yeah. like that. He put it down like a little bit, and then started playing this like weird like deep house Italian like fucking like rap music. Yeah, and she ended up throwing water on him <gasps> over the balcony. Oh my god! And then he like your mama sold it. Local. She did. It was great. Yeah, in the in the last few days, I went out clubbing. Uh, I saw your Instagram yeah, yeah, stories yeah. at the drag show. It was yeah, so cute. It was yeah. so cool seeing like Italian. It drag. was really funny because I think they did. Oh, I can't remember what they song did. I'm um, like, tell me quando time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they, and were they also did a, a song that was like, it wasn't New York, New York, but it was something very Judy Garland uh, in Italian. It was really camp. Yeah, I, they yeah. did Bang Bang as well. Oh, amazing. Um, yeah, it was a different kind of drag for sure. Yeah. We went to this club called La Bomb. La Bomb. La Bomb. La Bomb. I think it was called, but it was like the opening night because I think they close for the winter yeah. and they open up for the summer again and yeah the line went like four blocks around the corner and we were like fuck this and we're waiting in line and we made friends with these Spanish people and they asked my brother if they could use his Wi-Fi to text their friend which turned out really well small act of kindness can go a long way because they let us like push in line way in amazing. front so we cut the queue and it was amazing and we got in and oh my god ordering drinks in Italy was a fucking experience like you had to wait so long and it was so hot and people were so pushy and I was ready to brawl people. And Ty was telling me, you need to calm down. You need to calm down. And we got right to the front of the line when we realized that you actually have to queue up to buy tickets in a separate line. And then you have to re-queue in the, yeah. at the bar to buy drinks with your tickets. See, to me, this just sounds like buying a drink at Puff Tuff if you're in your 30s. <laughs> <laughs> but there was this girl in line and she kept pushing in front of me. And I was doing the thing when I was like, wasn't moving so I was standing my ground and pushing back against her and then she started mouthing off at me and I was like oh I was like I'm so ready to fight you and like and I was mouthing off at her telling her how rude she was and then she's going off at me and then my brother just leans over to me and whispers in my ear he's like I stuck my gum in her hair <laughs> oh my god you're awful uh, oh wait no she fucking deserved it I hope she suffered so then at that point I just look over I'm like you know what you go ahead. And she's like, thank you. I was like, you know what? It's You're so welcome. You go ahead. You deserve this. There you go. Oh. And it was such a great moment. And I think that was one of my favorite stories from the night. Uh, you did mention to me just uh, before we started recording yeah. that you learned a new word as well. Oh, yeah. You okay. So Italian. One of the opening conversations, I'm one of the Italian guys at the club was like, are you a top or bottom? But I had no idea what he was saying. Well, he and was I learned, Italian? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, what's that? And he was like, so passivo is bottom. And then he was like yelling passivo around. <laughs> I can't remember what top was. He just but- kept referring to you as yeah, passivo. No, no, that's not me. Do you Drink. speak Italian? I, I know when mom, I know everything that my mom is saying about me. And when she's speaking, it, I can understand a lot of what she's saying. Yeah, but I can tell what my mom is like, saying yeah, about yeah. me when I'm not there I know like well. all the stories she's telling stuff, but no, I just know very like few basic words mm-hmm. and stuff. It was a really good experience. My first time really traveling besides yeah. moving to Australia. From South Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Now, exciting yeah. news. Uh-huh. While you're away, yes. we've locked in our Adelaide live show. Oh, great. Show. <laughs> good, good. So you are <laughs> will, doing I, will I be going? Doing you are absolutely okay, that's going. Good, you good, are definitely okay. going. So we're doing oh, a live okay. show in Adelaide for Ba-ba-ba. Feast Festival, which is their Gay Pride Arts Festival. Yeah. Um, we're doing one night only at the Rhino Room, the 21st of November. Yes, I think I'm free that day. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm okay, glad. Cool. Yeah. You're definitely going to be there. I've never been to Adelaide. So. It'll be yours. Of course, Mikey, unfortunately, will still be traveling around, so he won't be there. 
there would be you, me, and Luke, cool. and a special guest, a special guest, which we'll be announcing shortly. Oh. Uh, tickets are or on sale and yes. already selling quite fast. So jump on to feast.org. I might get a ticket. <laughs> feast.org.au and uh, grab a ticket and come along and see us if you yeah, are going to be in do that and come see this shitstorm. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. We'll be at Mary's Poppin'. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. Um, as I'm sure you saw, I yeah. had a bit of sad news lately. As you know, I've been hosting Trivia at DT's mm-hmm. for about five years this week, actually, and have been a regular there for yeah. years before that. And Bruce McKenzie, who you would have met when you've been yeah, to DT's, yeah, the lovely old queen that has been behind the bar since it opened 24 years Nicest ago, guy. passed away. And it's been quite an emotional few weeks because... Um, he was only died a few weeks ago. We were there for Joel's birthday. You were yes, there as well, yeah, yeah. and um, he was still pulling kegs out from underneath the uh, yeah, fighting for him. Yeah, 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 uh, from the from the basement there. And we said to him at the time, you know, you, you you've lost a lot of weight, and he said, oh yeah, I've been um, doing these walks and that sort of yeah. stuff. Anyway, a few days after we, that, um, he was feeling a bit sick and went to the doctor. Mm. And uh, they said to him that he had pancreatic cancer, which had spread to his liver wow. and kidneys, and that he had six months to go, basically. He he uh, has a partner of 23 years, mm. um, he, Akira, who's just the most lovely person. Um, so they made a decision that they wanted to go traveling. So we organized this mm. fundraiser for Bruce and we thought we'd get all of his friends, the regulars at the pubs yeah. and some of the people that he's a fan of. So we've mm. put it together a fundraiser and it's um, Joel Creasy, Rhonda Birchmore, who he, mm-hmm. he loved, but he also, his favorite band is ABBA and Rhonda's just been mm. doing this show of wow. ABBA songs. So wow. Rhonda's coming along to do this fundraiser to um, sing some ABBA songs. Um, Dulcie DuJour, who performed for decades at uh, mm. DT's and is retired and living out in the country, but she's coming out of retirement to um, come down and do this fundraiser mm. for Bruce. So we organized this fundraiser thinking yeah. that it would be a good to get some money together for him and Akira so they can have some exciting times together. And then very sadly, uh, Wednesday last week, he was very unwell and mm. was taken into hospital and they said that he only had yeah. a few weeks. Wow. So <clears throat> I called Kyle and Joel. We decided to go in and visit him the next day yeah. in ABBA costumes because mm-hmm. oh, he loves ABBA so much. That's so we so went, cool. you know, the cat costumes. Yeah, from yeah, ABBA. Yeah. If, interestingly, there's three of us and of course there's only two women in ABBA but we all, <laughs> none of us wanted to be Benny or Bjorn. So we all... Don't be the boring one. We just went as the three ABBA women that don't yeah, exist. Obviously, yeah. And uh, we went in there and um, as soon as I got in there, I thought fuck he's looking a lot worse yeah. than I thought he was going to be he was he was really pale and really mm. gaunt and he was just really well known for always having a good sense of humour and welcoming everyone being if a really you, good guy yeah he, whoever walked into that pub he'd say g'day darling you know yeah if there was someone that came in sitting mm. in the corner awkwardly and he would spot them out thinking, yeah. oh, that's probably their first time at a gay bar or, yeah. you know, they don't know anyone here. Mm. He'd go over and start chatting to them and he'd introduce them to one of the regular groups that he knew mm. were friendly so that they would have friends. And then you'd Aww. see that person coming back with yeah. that group and they would have all of a sudden a, that's so a, nice. a group on the gay scene. He was so involved yeah. um, in the community. But anyway, he's always had a good sense of humour. And as soon as he woke up when we got there, mm. he was cracking jokes and, and having a really good laugh. At one point, Kyle said to him, oh, are there any hot nurses here that you can flirt with? And he said, uh, oh, you know, no one that's worth my time. You know? <laughs> and I said to him, well, Bruce, I can do you a favour if you like. I can put on a nurse's uniform and uh, <laughs> slut around a little bit. And uh, he turned to his partner, Akira, and said, oh, can you turn the machine off? I don't want to live to see that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so still, and at yeah. one point, Kyle, because, you know, it's $150 million on the Powerball this week. Yeah. Oh. Kyle said he's going to win the 150, that yeah. Kyle was going to win the $150 million. And so Bruce started flirting with him and lifted up his, um, <laughs> his blanket and flashed his dick. <laughs> oh, my God. When we arrived at the hospital in the ABBA costumes, the nurse looked at us and said, you're here to see Bruce, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, we, we know exactly yeah. what you're going. And then, wow. sadly, he um, 
he went to sleep after we left and then he um, mm. just passed away that night. And mm. um, Anyway, the fundraiser is going ahead. Uh, we spoke to Bruce about it while we were there mm-hmm. and he really wants that money to go to his partner, Akira. Obviously, yeah. there's a lot of costs still yeah. that need to be covered. Definitely. So, it's on the 17th of October. It mm-hmm. is currently sold out, but... It's being held at the um, Richmond Union Bowls Club, okay. which is just over the road from DT's. Mm-hmm. We're going over there soon to try and uh, work out exactly how many mm-hmm. seats they can fit in there. So we should be able to fit in quite a few more, I think. And then we're having an after party at DT's. Um, oh, so that'll be from about 9pm yeah. on the 17th of October. Yeah, oh, it's been yeah. a very emotional time. But mm-hmm. um, look, in the end, I'm glad. Having seen him, I'm glad he wasn't drawn out for too long. Yeah, I think the 17th of October will be a really special evening for anyone that wants to I come along. I think it definitely will be share some memories but we've got to get on with this episode so uh, let's have a chat with Ro yeah tonight we're joined by Ro Allen a long-standing advocate for LGBTI Victorians and the Commissioner for Gender and Sexuality for Victoria Ro thank you so much for coming in thanks for having me we're so thrilled to have you here Ro I'm such a big fan of yours I've seen you at all the marches and everything in the lead up with the awful survey last year and talking oh. at so many functions. You're an absolute inspiration. Oh, thank and you so much. And we're genuinely very thrilled to have you here, so thank you. Yeah. Um, it's you taking just, you so long to get here. I know, you're, you're totally right. Just to give people a bit of an idea about what you actually do, for anyone that's mm. not aware, you just give me a bit of a nutshell of what your day consisted of today. Do you mind recapping that? Because it was quite a list. <laughs> <laughs> well, my job title is, is fantastic. It's yeah. Make Victoria a Safer Place for mm. Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Transgender, Diverse and Intersex Victorians. So that can take me into all different spaces. Today, uh, I was at the Health and Human Services Working Party. Uh, Then I had a um, meeting about some research around the impacts of trans and gender diverse people with cancer and how they're travelling through the health system. Then I met about LGBTI family violence and then had a stakeholder lunch and tried to bang away a number of emails and then get here. So it's every day is different. I work with so many different parts of community and you know, it's an excellent, excellent job. And now you're here with us, which we're so grateful for, yeah. because I know you've also got a family as well. So yeah, what your a, day well, is chock-a-block. It, it's a nice bookend. <laughs> yeah, lovely. <laughs> well, we're going to start with a bit of a more of a personal question than a professional question. Um, now, you identify as gender diverse and, and you prefer the pronouns uh, they and them. Um, but you've also said you're quite relaxed about the pronouns people use for you. Mm. Um, and you also use the Native American term walker to describe your gender status. Can you tell us a bit about what that specific term walker means for you and where it comes from? Well, I suppose I am um, identify with it. I probably mm-hmm. don't use it as much. So I identify as gender fluid, yeah. which is why I'm very relaxed about mm-hmm. how uh, people uh, pronoun me. And I look, obviously, my you know, my preferred pronoun at the moment is commissioner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> That's uh, a good one. And then after after this gig, I'll have to choose one. Yeah. yeah. But really, I don't care. And yeah. I get everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, in community, they often get they and them, which is fine and fabulous. Uh, people who've known me for a long time, mm-hmm. I get she. In the street, mostly he. Mm-hmm. You know, or a mixture of everything, yeah. as long as it's respectful, I don't mind. Someone, of course, who's gender diverse, who identifies as they and them, mm-hmm. I always say, you know, that's the, that's their pronoun and that's what you need to, to do. But, you know, I just don't want my pronoun to be a barrier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, my role is about being accessible. You know, a lot of my time is, is spent out in the broader community and I don't want a pronoun as an introduction to be a barrier for people to talk to me. And I think... Sure. We do see that, you know, people are so worried about getting it wrong because you know how forgiving our community is around all these things Mm. uh, that they don't approach. They'd rather just do nothing than try to Mm. learn and get it wrong. So for me, pronouns are a very fluid thing. And walker is basically a term which means two-spirit. 
so it's a native Indian turn and uh, it just really resonated with me someone who walks between genders and yeah. you know I think it's a, it's a real privilege really it's, it's mm. really cool I like that yeah it's yeah. beautiful thought it is interesting you sort of say um, that people seem to have this perception that if they were to fuck up someone's pronouns mm-hmm. that that's the end of the world and that sort of thing I've never really witnessed that happening with all my trans and gender <laughs> yeah. diverse friends you know if someone does use the wrong pronoun yeah. either they don't really care or they'll just correct them and that's the end of it and you just keep going on with life mm-hmm. it's not the end of the world yeah I think um, there's the intentional yeah. mispronouning and that's that uh, always that's a very comes with a, thing. Yeah. That's always a very, comes with very, a tonality yes. a sarcastic tonality you can tell. that's not on yeah, yeah. no that's absolutely uh, not but on. neither is consistently getting it wrong and mm. not actually mm-hmm. making an effort you to know try and acknowledge, yeah. I, I, you know I had an English teacher approach me and go you know grammatically I just can't <laughs> deal with they and them can you change yeah. it commissioner well no <laughs> can you officially have, change it for everyone I have I have powers it does yeah. not include yeah. a global movement <laughs> I understand that grammatically but language is evolving and yeah. I yes. think we have to evolve with our understanding of language as absolutely, well absolutely yeah and Ro you've admitted to teaching yourself LGBTI 101 when it comes to like always doing developing LGBTIQ terms that our community used to identify, is it hard to keep up with it all? Oh, look, when I started this gig, I didn't know what cisgender was. Yeah. yeah. That's only, and that's only like four years ago. Mm. Oh, okay. And I had to ask someone and I got some of my young mates to take me out for a coffee and kind of just, you know, been out it. of the game for a little while. I was in education and training. And so, yeah, I had to get with it. But there's new terms all the time, mm. like cutie pop, young queer people of colour. And, yep. yeah. you know, I don't try to be hip. I think you need to be authentic. <laughs> uh, I consider you very hip, oh, right? very look, hip. The hipster days are probably <laughs> yeah. way behind me. Yeah. But, you know, it's important to use the language. I mean, when I'm working with the bisexual community, mm-hmm. I identify as monosexual. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm only attracted to women. But that's not a terminology I would use yeah. in all parts of community. But when I'm working with the bisexual community, it's important to... Acknowledge that. So you interchange language all the time. I mean, I add the Q onto LGBTIQ now, but when I'm working in aged care Mm. facilities, because Q was a really derogatory word for many of our elders, I may choose not to use it. Yeah, we had a good chat about that a few weeks ago. So Um, I think you can, yeah. yeah, you can be a bit picky and choosy about mm. language as long as you have a queer audience yeah, yeah. yeah. and be audience. open to learning yeah. new things you're so right I mean it has evolved so much in the last several decades but especially in the last couple of decades I remember when I first came out 15 years ago it was trans was even a, a foreign word to yeah. me mm. you know and now that's a very mainstream word that everyone knows what that means um, so yeah we do have to sort of keep an eye out for those evolving terms yeah. I think just go with the flow uh, now there may be listeners who don't really know that in 2015, Victoria established Australia's first ever equality portfolio. Uh, now, we have the Minister for Equality, Martin Foley, or as I like to call him, holy moly, Martin Foley, because <laughs> uh, he's good fun. And, uh, of course, you as Commissioner. Can you tell us a bit more about what sorts of areas uh, the portfolio is responsible for? Well, just about everything that mm-hmm. we're involved in. Because our community is in every community, I get to work right across government. So, everything from... Aboriginal affairs, to sport and rec, to multicultural communities, disability. We're talking about disability and NDIS today. Family violence. Uh, We've put $10 million to LGBTI family violence. So we're global leaders in that space. Mm -hmm. I'm really fortunate to work, you know, in the Aboriginal community and uh, we've established the Koori Pride Network in Victoria. So it's really very, very diverse. Obviously, there's legislation change and we mm-hmm. work, you know, work on the Justice Working Party around that. And then every individual letter of the alphabet. At the moment, we've got a huge project with the intersex community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's uh, it's just a fantastic, very diverse mm. piece of work. Yeah. Do other states in Australia have equality portfolios? No, this is the equality state. Yeah, uh, okay. There's a lot of states kicking tires. Yeah. Uh, I've been to a number of states. I go where I'm invited, so I mm-hmm. don't push Victoria's agenda too hard in other <laughs> states, but 
I go where, where I'm asked. In fact, next Monday I'm off to the ACT. They're quite interested. So the Chief okay. Minister, mm. Andrew Barr, has invited me up there to talk about the Victorian experience. You know, I'm completely biased, but I think mm. what we've been able to achieve in Victoria with a commissioner has been substantial. And I think, I think it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I think other states would, yeah. would yeah. benefit Is from Is there a one. feeling that the other states are sort of looking at what we're doing here? And, oh, and Absolutely. Great. Absolutely. I think mm. I haven't fallen over. And, the, you know, the position, I think they can see the strategic ability. Now they've just got to convince their government and, and mm. find some, you know, some resources to do it. But I know I'm the first state, but... I would expect in the next 12 months, maybe 18 months, we might see a bit of movement. Fantastic. You yeah. know, and even if it's not full-time commissioners, maybe yeah. it's part-time commissioners. I mean, you know, we're just running ahead now. We've yeah. got yeah. Judy Tang on the Multicultural Commission. She's yeah. one of the Multicultural Commissioners and she's on the executive of the Australian GLBTI Multicultural Council. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're just taking over the world. Yeah, brilliant. Mm-hmm. I think it is. it would be really cool to have people in your position in every state because and I'm glad that it's been done at a state level as well because I feel like the requirements and the needs of each state vary so differently. Mm. Yeah, I, I do feel like it would be really exciting to have people in each state that can sort of cater for those needs mm. of the individual oh, areas. And I, and I absolutely I agree completely. And I think it would lower my workload mm, because yeah. I'm the default national yeah. sometimes, like when working with national bodies because they don't have someone, you know, someone else locally. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I do that where I can. Now, as a well-known activist in Australia, and obviously you're doing a bit of stuff around the country as well, uh, it's fair to say that you played a huge part in the uh, yes vote, getting that over the line for the Australian Marriage Postal Survey. We talked about our personal relationships to protesting last week. Can you tell us how you used your position to advocate during the plebiscite? I mean, I saw you so much during that campaign, and you Mm. were so fantastic um, with your family and and your daughter, Alex, at all of those marches. You felt like you never slept in that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, look, that was it was three horrific months, wasn't yeah, it? it was like, awful. let's put that out on the table. Mm. That was three months that never should have happened, and may never happen to any other minority group in Australia or anywhere that mm. a majority votes on the human rights I of a minority. Not, yeah. mm. But in saying that, yeah, look, I worked my tooker off, mm. and um, so did a lot of people, an enormous amount of people. I think what my focus was, as well as the rallies, mm. I think if you played back most of their speeches, it was about self care. Mm-hmm. You know, I was seeing advocates going out really hard really fast and you know I, I could see the trajectory of, of burnout and mm. falling over which we did see we saw an increased number of people ringing switchboard mm-hmm. people feeling distressed and particularly the vulnerable people but you know like I would I would speak to you know a gay man in his you know late 30s he's got a lovely partner family's mm. accepting great job feels like there's nothing wrong in the world but he was being affected yeah, yeah. by Absolutely. the postal survey you know and and he thought he was very evolved and all over it so mm. And I thought, well, that's having an impact. It'll have a generational impact. So I really used my platform to talk about taking care of each other Mm -hmm. uh, and ourselves and only going, you know, in it as hard as you could. And also trying to unlock, which we did some money Mm -hmm. for mental health. We were able to provide money to support Switchboard and uh, provide money for debriefing and counselling. And and, um, we were able to lever some other states into into doing not all states, but we're able to do yeah. that to get other states to come on board with it as well. Yeah, fantastic. Wow. You're right. That that period of time was absolutely fucking awful. We've talked about it before on this podcast mm. that it, it was such a bizarre time because for people in the community, we were staying up till three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning, lying in bed, just reading every possible yeah. article we could to find out what was going on, who was saying what, who's on our side and who's not. And then we'd get to work the next morning after a few hours sleep and your colleagues would be there sitting there going, oh, I don't really know who I'm going to vote for. It was nothing to them and it was such a huge, it took up so much of our emotional and intellectual space. Um, It was awful. I'm so glad that you were able to raise money. When I I go around and talk to groups, one of the things about being a commissioner is that there's a camera on you 
a lot of yeah. the time. Mm. And there's actually a, a clip that somebody took, a video clip of the actual moment. I oh, saw yes. the results. I uh-huh. don't know if you've ever seen that no. clip. But I push it around everywhere because it gives people a sense of the, the you know, the emotion. The yeah. I always challenge any group, you know, corporate groups, sporting groups. I say, find me one LGBTIQ person in Australia that doesn't know exactly where they were mm. when they heard that figure. You know? And oh, sorry, I haven't seen the footage. Were you at the State Library? I was at the State Library. Yeah. yeah. yeah Must yeah. have been wow. beautiful. We had a big barbecue at my house and I just <laughs> invited every queer person I knew to come around. And I actually felt it was quite homophobic to do it at 11 o'clock in the morning. Yes. <laughs> you know, that's, that, was, that was not for us. And we didn't know what was going to happen, but we just knew we all mm. wanted to be together. So we had everyone crammed into my living room and we're waiting for it. And I'd let a friend of ours, Alex, uh, oh, yeah. put the TV station on for the announcement. Yeah. I was getting everyone food and yeah. drinks because I was like, it's either going to be awful or it's going to be great. Yeah. And either way, we're going to have want to have a drink and something Go to eat. together. So I was getting the kitchen, getting everything ready. And so everyone's sitting in the living room. We had about 40 people packed into my living room. And all of a sudden, the theme tune to Antiques Roadshow started. No! And we realized he put it on ABC2 instead of ABC. <laughs> and oh, had the no. wrong bloody channel. But yeah, no, you're right. There, there's oh. not a single person that, that was affected by that that will yeah. forget where they were at that time. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. Um, and we also know that LGBTI people have the highest rate of suicide among any population in Australia but uh, the numbers and deaths is likely to be even greater because the data on sexuality or gender identity Mm. isn't consistently captured we've spoken about the possibility of including this data in the upcoming census do you think that'll happen? Well there's got to be a census after Mm. the stuff up of the last one you know as long as there's another census I mean you know I've worked with the ABS on on collecting data it's so Mm -hmm. important so right now you're only collected if you're in a relationship. Yeah. If yes, that's right. We're talking about If you're same-sex attracted. So that's just crazy. Mm. <laughs> uh, so bisexual people aren't collected and single people aren't collected. That's in relation to sexuality. And then for gender identity, you know, we had the trial. Mm. So in the last census, you had to ring and get a new form. Mm. If you could get through. Wow. Right? If you could get through on that particular night uh, and get a new form. And there was a test, a blanket, mm. you know, random sample of 30,000 that went across Australia that had gender diverse please specify on mm. it yeah there was enough data in that to say yes we, we should do this and nationally yeah. Yeah. yeah i don't know where that'll end up but we can't go backwards in census, mm. census mm. collection we have to move forward data is incredibly rep- important uh, in relation to collecting data around suicide and and self-harm we need to make sure that that's collected. And mm. it's really, really difficult. We have to get over the stigma. Yeah. That's the thing. You know, yeah, and if, if somebody yeah. leaves a letter that the family destroy it and we need to we need to dive in and mm-hmm. and my office and I were certainly working with um, the coroners in Victoria to see what we can do yeah. in this space around data collection. I mean, we know we're one of, if not the highest cohort in mm. this in this space. So, you know, and if this is affecting anyone they should contact switchboard too. Mm. Well, on a bit more of a lighthearted <laughs> question then. Uh, now, you helped coordinate the first AFL-sanctioned Pride game in 2016, uh, which now occurs as a yearly event to shine a light on LGBTIQ people and discrimination in sport. Um, why was tackling homophobia in sport a big problem for you or important to you? Well, if somebody had told me that sport was going to be a big part <laughs> of my job description, yeah. I probably would have had second thoughts because, you know, anyone who knows me know, no, I have no interest in Yeah, right. Me competitive sport but what i do know is that 70 to 80 percent of our community has been discriminated mm-hmm. you know either as a as a player or as a spectator i know myself that you know when i was um, playing cricket as a young person 
you know, as soon as they didn't let me play with the boys, yeah. you know, mm. I said, stuff it, that's enough, I'm mm-hmm. out of here. So, you know, and I wonder what that would have been, diff- you know, how that would have been different if they'd been able to include gender diverse folk in, in sport. So I knew it was really important. I just didn't know anything about the game. Yeah. yeah. So, but, <laughs> you know, Matt Finnis from, you know, the CEO of St Kilda didn't know anything about our community either. Yeah, true. So yeah. it was a skill share. He yeah. taught me the rules and I taught him that there were six colours in the rainbow, not seven. <laughs> and, uh, you know, all those kinds of things and... You know, we developed an after party, which was a lot of fun. He goes, yeah. you, you started something. We don't have after parties after yeah, right. games. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we have after we, parties after everything. We're good at after parties. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have pre-parties so, after parties. Yeah. But, you know, who knew it would turn into, you know, the Pride Cup? It's, yeah. it's like mm. all over Australia now. Mm. And it's not just the AFL. It's netball. I went to Pride roller derby. Oh, wow. Uh, wow, yeah, roller fine. derby, ice skating. Amazing. Drop the puck. You got to say that carefully when you yeah. go on the ice. <laughs> yeah. You drop the puck, um, and they give you this tiny, thin piece of carpet. You've got to work out in the ice, you know. And yeah. if you know Dina Curry, he's always there with a really long lens, waiting yeah. to <laughs> catch me fall over. But anyway, so all those things, I'm an absolute champion at yeah. the coin toss now and the whistle blow. I'm an absolute athlete. Yeah, <laughs> it great. is. Uh, as a gay man, I can only speak from my perspective, but I, I do feel like there's always been a huge divide um, mm. between the sporting community and the gay male community. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, th- there has obviously been some fantastic organisations, the uh, Chargers and that sort of stuff, who, mm. who do, mm. who are some of the few specifically gay sports teams. But I feel like the majority of the, of the gay male community do step away from sports. And I think that's something that started at an early age. As a, as a small kid, I was very interested in football and quite enjoyed it. But I think it was going to the games and seeing that sort of toxic masculinity of heterosexual men the way that they behaved in the in the grandstand was actually what turned mm. me off going to sport, and I've never mm. really gotten into it again until the first time I met you. Actually, was with the, when the Purple Bombers had their first game, and I sat there and I was like, I actually really enjoy this. I don't know yeah. why I haven't done it for thirty yeah. years yeah. or something. You know, and look, um, I can't get away from the AFL now, so mm-hmm. I'm on their review panel for, wow. for <laughs> Rule Thirty Five. What team do you go for then? Well, <laughs> are you allowed to have I'm one? Allowed to have one. It's like picking a letter of the alphabet. Such a politician. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any anyone that shows inclusivity great that's yeah, a good yeah, answer that's yeah great yeah. answer <laughs> where are we seeing some leadership in that area I know the Saints oh, the Swans the Bombers Kilda, for yeah. sure yeah. I mean Matt is is awesome uh, Tanya Hosh the exec, you know one of the executive uh, Gil McLaughlin you know he, he doesn't get it right all the time but mm-hmm. he understands why mm-hmm. uh, he might not get the alphabet in the right order but, sure, he's, but he's having <laughs> a crack doing his best yeah uh, you know I think the executive understand you know he, he certainly mm-hmm. put a ginormous yes on the front the AFL and got slammed for that so I said, well, you've got just a tiny mm-hmm. experience of what the discrimination yeah, we yeah, experience yeah. on Absolutely. a day-to-day basis. Boy, so, yeah. you know, and he's, you know, he's authorizing all of uh, Tanya's work. So I think there's there's a lot of change in there. Mm-hmm. And I think you just need the leadership to be that authorizing environment to mm-hmm. say, look, the Sam Unions and all those idiots, that's kind of language and homophobia yeah, yeah. and transphobia and biphobia is just, you know, it's dinosaur stuff. Yeah, absolutely, know? yeah. And it is keeping this old idea of what the sporting world yeah. is alive. And people yeah, are just moving on. Yeah, absolutely, that's yeah. Good. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Three of the biggest queer names in comedy are touring Australia from October this year. Josh Thomas is returning home to Australia for his first live show since the global success of multi-award winning series, Please Like Me. Whoopsie Daisy gets started this October in Brunswick Heads before taking on Sydney, Melbourne, Canberra, Cairns, Brisbane and Perth. And who is Douglas? Hannah Gadsby thinks he's the only pooch who can help her follow up on the trail blazed by her Emmy Award winning show, Nanette. Hannah found her voice with Nanette, and with Douglas she plans to use it. Douglas kicks off in December, touring Melbourne, Hobart, Canberra, Sydney and Brisbane before visiting Auckland and Wellington. Some sessions are already sold out and the others are selling out fast, so get in quick. And finally, an evening with David Sedaris is filled with storytelling, observations, unpublished tales, audience Q&As and book signings for the famous author. A savant of razor-sharp and sardonic wit, don't miss your opportunity to spend an evening with one of the world's preeminent humour writers. David Sedaris will visit Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide and Canberra in January. Head over to comedy.com.au for full touring details and to book tickets. So, Ro, when I was a, a, a kid, we uh, lived in a nursing home. My parents ran the nursing home. We had this um, chef that worked there during the week. But on the weekends, he used to work down at the um, MCG cooking for the footy players. And mum told me when I came out that uh, he'd come into work on Monday and be like, now, Rose, you'll never guess who I hooked up with <laughs> on the weekend. And he'd have a list of footy players that he'd, you know... So, and there is, you know, you do hear stories about people in the closet and that sort of thing in, in football and in, you know, elite sports in all different mm. um, games. Do you think that there is still an element of homophobia keeping players in the closet? Like, do you think we do have players that actually do personally in their private lives identify as sexually diverse that aren't coming out because of this culture? Oh, I think absolutely. Mm. Um, I know. I know we do. So, you know, and I would say to all those players, it's not their responsibility to come True. out. Yeah. It's ours to make sure the environments are safe. And yeah. that's for anybody. I'd say that to a kid at school or as anybody in the workplace. And I think there's been a lot of pressure. Oh, it'll be okay when the first one comes out. And, we'll, you know, it's like, that's not, that's no. not okay. No. Because we don't know what will happen to the first person. And they want to focus on their football career. Mm. There's a lot mm. of pressure on them. So I'm the last person that will say uh, we just need somebody to come out yeah. and do that work. It will happen naturally. Mm. I mean, look at AFLW. Mm. You know, it just happened naturally because the environment said it's yeah. okay. From yeah. day one, it was never an issue. Mm. And the authorising environment said this is just part of, you know, the culture of AFLW and this is, you know. you know, If all the lesbians left AFLW, they'd be pretty... <laughs> Pretty yeah, good team. Very true. Picks. Yeah, you are right. AFLW has has come such a long way in, in you know the space of a few years, but you do still see a lot of negativity directed. A lot of the people that play the game, as you do with a lot of people that stick their neck out in the sporting world, out in goods as well. Mm-hmm. I guess there is sort of a feeling, perhaps, by those players that if they were to be the first person, still, it's it's not really a safe environment. No, absolutely right. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've got we've got a long way to go, which yeah. is why I keep but the steps are definitely. That's right. And that's why I keep going to, to the there. football. That's <laughs> why I keep going to the six because yeah. we're not there yet. We're yeah. not there by a long way. Mm. Uh, now, Ro, when you came out at the age of 20, you did so as a member of the Uniting Church, which you've praised for being supportive of your sexuality, but you've also been subjected to conversion therapy as part of the Pentecostal Church. Can you tell us about your experience with that? Yeah, well, as a young person, I was encouraged off to a yeah. Pentecostal church called Harvest Christian Centre, which was a big shed in the eastern suburbs. Mm-hmm. 
really scary and alarmingly, I think the first person I told that I had, you know, same-sex attracted feelings was yeah. was a Pentecostal friend, minister, mm-hmm. pastor person. If I think back now, who I would choose to mm. come out to first, that would not be yeah. uh, the case. So, yeah, yeah, I had the full, you know, the full dice, the full, you know, mm. demon exorcism. Wow. Wow. Shebang. Uh, like you know. poor thing. But it does give me an absolute understanding of, of yeah. the movement, the ideology, the understanding. Um, mm-hmm. I'm still a person of faith. Yeah, yeah. I now, as commissioner, get to work in this space and mm-hmm. we're doing mm-hmm. a whole lot of work around reviewing law reform but also looking at resources and supports for survivors. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm one of the lucky ones. I'm really lucky that, you know, a minister of the Uniting Church, Reverend Dorothy McCray-McMahon, kind of lent in and pulled me out and said it's not a choice between your sexuality and your spirituality Amazing. but yeah. but not everybody has that angel that mm-hmm. finds you and and we've lost a lot of people to the movement mm. and uh you know it's so damaging and it can be life changing mm. you know people carry that pain with them and they can lose their families and yeah. their and their faith yeah. group sometimes their employment is attached to the yeah. church wow. So it's an enormous piece of work we've got to do and, and keep talking about it. Because the more we talk about it, the more it goes underground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We know that the Health Services Commissioner did a review in Victoria and conversion practice, we're not calling it therapy anymore. We're not giving it that yeah, yeah good. That, yeah, that's good. That power. That's good. So conversion ideology or conversion practice is still alive and well in Victoria. Yeah. And most people just go, what? Yeah. You know? It is crazy. Yeah. Sorry, just to go back a bit, that, that sounds really intense. You must have had some serious trauma as a result of this and, and yet you seem like such a yeah. wonderful balanced person now that it has so much time for the rest of the world. <laughs> how, how did you overcome that kind of trauma? Look, I think trauma. trauma has different effects on different people. Yeah. Mm. For me, it's a motivator. Okay. I won't say there's not a lot of therapy and you know debriefing in there, absolutely, which is why I can do the work that okay. I do. Uh, I'm no, um, no hero there. So I have done some processing and obviously it was a long time ago for me, so it's you know been my 20s. Mm. You know, I still am, and not friends, friends, but I still know the guy that took me to the church. I, I rang him when mm-hmm. I started this work to have a conversation with him just to, you know, touch base and find out what his belief is now. And I don't have ill will. I just mm-hmm. I just want to make sure we keep people safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. You know, these people fundamentally believe what they're doing is right, yeah. even though mm-hmm. sensible, sane people know that the research says how damaging it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the ideology is shifting from we can heal you to we can help you be celibate. Yeah. And still that, not. It's it's okay. not. <laughs> it's not. It's the same. And in yeah. fact, it's almost more damaging. Yeah. In so many I ways. Have, I just have so much respect for LGBTQI people that are religious. I, I grew mm. up in a religious family, went to religious schools, um, and I'm incredibly not religious now. And I, and I definitely feel like the reason that I've, I've chosen not to be and, and not to believe is closely related to my sexuality. So I have so much admiration for people that don't have to um, sort of separate those two mm. things. Like, was there a time when you sort of questioned your, your faith and your belief? You know, never. Really? Wow. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. Look, I, I can separate it from mm. this is religion yeah, and these are the people that run religion right. mm-hmm. and this is my personal spirituality. Yeah. And that those things are very, very different. Definitely. I mean, people would walk away, like there'd be no one in a church right now if, mm. if God was the whole church and the institution, which is just run by people. Mm. And, yeah. it, and we know through what's happening in churches right across the world, yeah. you know, that's not perfect. Yeah. But uh, for me, it's been more, much more of a. I wouldn't call myself religious at all. I would just say, you know, I have a spirituality uh, and personal faith. But it's just part of it's part of the journey. Yeah, Yeah. I've been very fortunate, and I, you know, I I have great respect for those who've walked away from the church. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had quite a lot, a lot of LGBTIQ people within the Uniting Church that no longer 
believe or, mm. or participate because they were so damaged and were so hurt, you know. Are there a lot of groups for people that identify as LGBTI and are part of the church as well? They're small groups yeah. uh, and they're affirming com- congregations. Mm-hmm. You've got to be careful you don't go to a welcoming congregation. <laughs> a welcoming congregation says you're welcome here. Right. And then every, oh. you know, seventh or eighth sermon you might get something negative about homosexuality. Right. Yeah. And your gifts, so you're welcome to come here and check. You're welcome to come here and we'll talk to you and love you, but we'll pray for you. Yeah. And yeah. No, yeah. no. We'll really, 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 really damaging. Affirming churches is what you need to find yeah. out. Okay. And that they're in all denominations. Mm-hmm. Uh they're also different groups, just like Purple Bombers in the sporting. Yeah. There's acceptance for Catholics and there's uniting network for LGBTI, uniting church folk and, and so on and so forth. So there's all those groups uh, that I think help connect people to stay within their denominations, mm-hmm. you know. We're actually thinking about doing some interfaith gathering for midsummer or something. That'd be a lovely oh, idea, yeah. And that might you know, might get some, you know, mm. lapsed Catholics back to have a bit of a look. But yeah. <laughs> there, there is a lot of priests and ministers and pastors who are affirming mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we're even seeing pentecostal pastors mm-hmm. quietly coming and having conversations so mm. i think you know there's hope in that space mm. you know i meet with the australian christian lobby it's part of my belief that mm. you have to have the dialogue yeah great it's an interesting I'm, I'm day i'm so glad it's your job and not mine <laughs> yeah. I, would, I would struggle to be polite but i'm so glad that you're able to do that well I, i've got the church language and yeah you know, we can have a conversation where they're at. I, yeah. I hope to, mm. I always think I'm having more influence on them than they're having on yeah. me, but yeah. I'm sure they think they'll. Sure, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I really like that idea of running some sort of event for midsummer. I do um, I host a lot of events at DTs in Richmond, and we have a generally older crowd who I feel like more commonly uh, religious people than than mm. the younger mm. queer community, and a lot of them are actually religious and do do attend church and that sort of thing it's very interesting they keep that very secret and very quiet mm. until they feel comfortable to tell people it's almost like they have to come out as oh, a person hard. of faith it in the community it is hard yeah. to come out I hope mm. of, of anything uh, one of the things that you know in the last four years I've made it slightly easier for mm. people to come out as a person of faith as well as a person of the LGBTIQ community, because it's not, that's just as hard. Uh, now, you've joked that you're going to be known as the Commissioner of the Toilet. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah that's right. Yeah, commissioner right. of the Throne might be. Yeah, the Throne. Oh, yeah, more Game of Thrones. Given your fierce advocacy for work in promoting gender-neutral toilets, how did mm. you feel when the gender-neutral toilets were recently removed from uh, federal parliamentary offices at the hand of Scott Morrison, who labelled them as ridiculous? Well, I won't directly uh, talk about Scott Morrison and his actions, but I will say this. Political answer, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Gender-neutral toilets are, you know, that's what I was called, you know, Commissioner for Toilets. On radio, someone referred to me as the Commissioner for Toilets. That's a great title. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. I'll wear that badge with pride because, you know, what's really scary is a part of my brain as a gender-diverse, gender-fluid person Mm holds information on every single cell, all gender, all ability, safe toilet around Melbourne and most rural towns in Victoria. Mm. I know what's a safe toilet. Mm-hmm. Because when I go to the bathroom, you know, 90% of the time, you know, if I have to choose a binary bathroom and it's, you know, a women's bathroom, there'll be an incident. You mm-hmm. know, the woman will think she's in the men's bathroom. She'll say, she'll scream and say, you know, there's a man in the bathroom, run out. You know, I've been hit over the head with a handbag. Jesus. Like, you know, you just want to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah, You know, if you go to the men's bathroom, you know, you're open to assault, you know, attack. If they, you know, they're not happy about that. Mm. They're all options that a single cell, all gender, all ability toilet is just an easy, accessible thing for me. And many trans people. I know of, you know, so many trans and gender diverse kids at school. 
that are either refusing to go to school or go to school and hang on all day and yeah. are having urinary tract infections. Yes. You know, like that's crazy. That is crazy. Everyone should just be a kid. There's psychological damage that must go along with yeah, that. Yeah, as a everyone child. should it's, just be a kid. Yeah. I mean, what I used to do at school is just put my hand up during class. Right. And so I would go during class. So you'd miss 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. yeah. And you do it in different classes so you mm-hmm. didn't get the same Yes, teacher. of course, like, yeah. Who wants to be doing that? Yeah. yeah and, no. and thinking about that and organizing your day based on toilets. Mm. I mean, truly, there's more to life. <laughs> so we just need to build a safe environment for everybody. Mm. You know, and an all gender, all ability toilet is good for everybody. Mm. You know, for a dad with kids, young kids, or a, a carer of someone with a disability of a different gender, mm. we need to be providing environments that are accessible for everyone mm. without excluding anyone. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like we're getting better at this. There's, there's more We're and doing more. better in Victoria. There's okay. no question that sure. I holiday all around Victoria. We're doing much better in this space. But I, I was recently sitting on a panel for um, a redevelopment of an arts performing arts venue, and they were talking about this issue that they have that with, you know if they have a certain show on mm-hmm. that attracts a female audience, then there's not yeah, enough female yeah, yeah. toilets. And if they have a certain performance on that attracts a male audience, there's not enough male toilets. And they said, oh, what about gender neutral toilets? And they mm-hmm. were like, oh, well, that's actually really good for this other issue that we were going to talk about, which is that we don't have gender neutral toilets. <laughs> and so it actually for business. Yeah. Is, is a good idea. And I think organizations are starting to realize that it's going to make people feel comfortable and it's good for their business, which is quite yeah. exciting. We just need to make it worth their money and then they'll do it. <laughs> well, and, and we have to think about some cultural things yep. about Muslim women and mm. toilets and, you know, like I'm not... Very true. You know, we're but not... There is some of the designs... Some of the designs are, are really fantastic. Good. They're really smart. really, really yeah. smart. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they're very open. They actually like... feel safer than binary toilets. That, exactly. Yeah, they're really yeah. well designed. Exactly. And so I think we're heading in that direction. Mm. Um, and you recently played a part in birth certificate reforms to allow trans and gender diverse Victorians to have a certificate that reflects who they are. I can only imagine the opposition to that kind of reform. What was the fight like? Well, I thought the fight three years ago was hard. Yeah. This one was extraordinary. Mm-hmm. I think our opposition or the right is more organized. Mm-hmm. What surprised me this time was uh, the Women's Guild yeah. uh, of sort of radical feminists mm-hmm. and their movement. I wasn't expecting. I was expecting, you know, the conservative Christian yeah. lobby, but yeah. this was um, this was something that caught me a bit unawares. I think hmm. so. Uh, it was played out in the media. It wasn't played out in Parliament House as much. I mean, yeah. the emails flooded the MPs' yeah. inboxes. But you know what was extraordinary about the debate, and I was there for the whole upper house debate, was it's very rare in Parliament, even though it's a debate, and you'd expect changing your views. Hmm. Minister Makakos said, you know, Ro, this is unusual for people to actually change their minds. So people yeah. came into the chamber deciding that they'd going to vote no, hmm. listen to the debate, listen to the stories of Andy Medic, who hmm. is, hmm. A, is a father of a trans uh, young person, and change their view and voted differently. Hmm. You know, like that's great politics. Yeah. That's yeah, great. That's amazing. You know, it just reaffirms that, you know, when you tell your story, when you are visible, you can change hearts and minds. And at that time of that place, uh, we did. Mm. Um, When you talk, you might not be able to answer this because of your job, but I'm just (laughs) talking about the opposition being very organised. I often feel like when we're having these sorts of discussions Mm. about human rights and that sort of thing, especially as we're going forward into a more progressive world, the far right or the the extreme conservatives, it's not just about being more organised. I feel like they're quite often very good at spreading misinformation and um, hateful information Mm. and sort of doing that in a way that gives people an emotional reaction, to their their followers' emotional reaction to join into a conversation that really doesn't affect their lives at all, Mm. um, which is quite often been a huge issue I think. Yeah, what we what we do know is that conservative people in that far right 
give a lot more money mm-hmm. <laughs> to right. causes that so they if you believe can scare in. Scare them, though. Yeah. yeah, and so during the postal survey, they may have lost that one, but they got quite a mailing list together. They mm. got quite organised, and they got a lot of money in the bank. And they are sophisticated. You know, mm. we're we're working with community groups and volunteers a lot of the time. And, you know, it feels does feel a bit David and Goliath, mm. you know. Mm. They're very good at getting it into different languages. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to check what sort of propaganda is going Which out. Sort, yeah. Uh, you know, and that's why I want to work with the new multicultural commissioner. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, because, um, you know, we just know that it was just lies. Yeah. You know, if I you, remember if one you of those tested, pamphlets that went out in Chinese. Yeah, um, terrible. It, yeah, it was awful, yeah. And we need the Chinese community to be able to check that. Mm. So they need to be able to look up a safe school site and yeah. read it in Chinese, mm-hmm. you know, and see the Department of Education logo. We need to do better in that space. We can't just have the negative information and the false information out in the languages and not have the correct information yeah. Yeah. in multiple languages. So that's back on us. Mm. And now, recently, Victoria's police chief commissioner publicly apologised for how anti-gay laws were enforced in the state in the past. We know gay people were jailed, lost their jobs, and had all manner of discriminatory behaviour inflicted upon them. That must have been an incredibly satisfying moment for you. It was terrific. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it was very special to be there. I mean, Graham Ashton is the real deal, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, if he could fix everything in the Victorian police overnight, he he would. And I think he's he's certainly working in that direction. So that apology was from the heart. Yeah. It wasn't something that a speechwriter wrote and gave yeah. to him. And it was terrific. And, you know, it, it comes on the back of the apology we made in Parliament, the Premier made, and, uh, you know, to the people that were affected. And, you know, they are getting on now in age. Yeah. So there wasn't time to leave that much longer. I mean, as you said, you know, we, we ruined people's lives Absolutely, in Victoria. Yeah. Mm. You know, and not just men. Two women yeah. were yeah. Uh, convicted of gross indecency and their big crime was holding hands on mm. a tram. Wow. Yeah, wow. But what we do know is that the police were actually part of entrapping yeah. particularly gay men out in community and beats and they, you know, they were actively hunting down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was just a, a really tragic situation and, you know, we've been able to put the expungement scheme in place to get convictions expunged. I don't know what was worse. When some men went to find and expunge their conviction, they found they didn't have one. Oh, God. So can you imagine so you've lived... lived their whole lives oh, thinking really? they have this thing hanging over their head and it didn't exist. It didn't even exist. Oh. I don't know what's more oh, traumatic and there's nothing sick. to actually expunge. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so just awful, just yeah. awful, and we have to learn from history and yeah. just make sure this doesn't happen again. Definitely. I know uh, historically New South Wales had a lot of the same issues. Have they had a similar apology made there? Yeah. Uh, look, the this assistant commissioner, I was there. I happened to be there a couple of years ago. Made an apology to the seventy nine seventy eight. Oh, wonderful! Yeah, that was that was heartfelt. But you know, I think we do well in Victoria. Yeah. Let me yeah. let me we be do. parochial. We do. I think we've done better in that space. Now you space. mentioned the premier just briefly yeah. in that sentence, and I do have to ask because I'm obsessed. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a huge fan. Uh, what's the premier like? He is the real. He seems like it, doesn't he? Is, <laughs> when he says uh, quality is not negotiable, yeah. he absolutely means yeah. it. You know, and. So good. When we talk about the Pride Centre, you know, he's very proud about that. You know, he's very proud to walk down and lead the march every year with his wife, Kath, and uh, sometimes the kids. You know, it's it's not a stunt. It's it's absolutely heartfelt. When he came to post his postal survey and met with the elders of community, you know, Mm. he's he's the real deal. Yeah, he does seem it. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. Really (laughs) really good thing to hear. Um, And Ro, you moved to Shepparton in your early 20s, uh, where you started Victoria's first rural support group for same-sex attracted youth. You were even physically attacked by a man on the street during your time there. But supporting rural community members is still super important to you. What don't we city slickers realise about the rural LGBTIQ experience? You can't be anonymous yeah. in the bush. I think that's the, the, the major difference. People know your business, whether mm-hmm. you like it or not. 
where you you know your family shops or where you work or where you live yeah uh, those things are really hard to just you know slip into society and and be anonymous as you can in melbourne mm -hmm. which is why when uh minister foley and i met for the first time and i'd been appointed and i said minister i'm you know i'm the victorian commissioner that means i really want to take this gig out to victoria i yeah. think it's really important that i go to rural victoria and i don't expect rural victoria to come to me yeah, yeah. which is why we've done the roadshow and then back to police commissioner graham ashton i went I don't have a budget, so I went to him and said, can I borrow your bus and a driver? Smart. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great because he's engaged and then he gives me a police officer or three at yep. every event. So Fantastic. in 29 towns, we got police engagement because mm. I turned up in a police bus with a police driver and, you know, we went from 170 GLOWs or LGBTI liaison officers to now mm. we've got over 350, wow. many of them in country Victoria. So, Brilliant. so, so important. You know, mm. I'll, I'll be the first to say, we've, you know, the Victorian police is a reflection of the broader community. Yeah, yeah. We have more work to do. We're now doing training in the academy. Transgender Victoria do training for cadets in the right. academy. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's revolutionary patience in this space. It's yeah. a very big organisation to turn around. Yeah. Uh, and, and we may as well be turning around the whole of community because they're a reflection of that. But we're getting there. We're seeing, I think, a lot more responsive mm. policing community. It is really exciting. There is obviously a huge divide because of these things we're talking about historically between the queer community and the police. I forgot the term again, but the liaison officers, I think, is such a great initiative. Yep. And the fact that we're also going out into these rural areas, I think it's really exciting. I think it's a really great thing. Mm. I mean, the discrimination, persecution and abuse that happens to our community is underreported. Mm. We know that because people are scared to go to the police in case they receive yeah. more discrimination. Mm -hmm. So it's so important that you've, you know you know one of these GLOWs or one of these LGBTIQ liaison officers or rainbow liaison officers. So if something happens, you've got a relationship mm, yeah. and you can ring that person and you know that they're safe. Mm. It's not rocket science really. Yeah. Is it? You, know, you just don't want to, when you're already vulnerable, something's happened to you, you want to be able to go and contact someone who you don't have to explain who you are. Yeah. Family violence happens in our communities and our relationships. If a police officer turns up and there's two men in the house, we don't want them to just assume they're housemates. Yeah. Mm. We want to make sure that they go through the same protocols for any married couple Absolutely. or any yeah. partnership because we want to make sure our community's safe, mm. you mm. know, and they need to get over their own embarrassment or stigma or yeah. and educate themselves and, mm -hmm. and, and ask the same questions. Mm. One of the things I've been doing in the metropolitan area, I don't mm. know if you've seen it, Kyle, is coming into a lot of the gay bars and just chatting with people. And it's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. first time I saw them come in and, you know, my back goes up. I'm like, hang on a second, what are they doing? This is a, <laughs> you know, this is not for them. But they're not there to, to arrest anyone yeah. or to tell anyone off or to tell them to keep the music down. It, they're literally there to just go around and chat to I people. I noticed that, that at actually our last live show, our um, unofficial after party at DT. Oh, yeah, they came into yeah, DT. Remember, yeah, as we walked yeah. in, there was like a whole bunch yeah. of people and, 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 and it is genuinely just yeah. about breaking down those barriers between the community and the police officers which I think is a great way of doing it you know coming into the space Definitely. and just casually chatting with anyone and being wants really to have a chat yeah. Just yeah. That was quick. brilliant it's lovely. good time and uh, you're a bit of a poster model as well. Ooh. You appeared on the front page of the uh, local country paper when you had your daughter with you and your partner, Kay. It seems as though you embrace queer visibility at all costs, despite mm. public backlash you, that you sometimes receive. What keeps you motivated to continue to be visible? Look, I know visibility makes a difference for people who see it. Mm -hmm. You know, it can be a lifeline that they're not the only gay in the village or they can see that they can come out themselves or be yeah. a bit more comfortable or safe in their environment. I think I'm probably a little more protective of my family than I was. Mm. I think I've learned some lessons, some hard lessons. Um, so particularly with, you know, being a parent and being a kid. I mean, we had we had a baby and that was fabulous, exciting. We went in the paper. You know, I did get one of those um, 
horrible letters in the in the mail. It was it was a congratulations on the birth of your child, and then you opened it up and you know had cut out letters saying really horrific things <gasps> about you know. Well, at least they're creative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got <laughs> to the trouble. Good time and effort. <laughs> to do you're going to spread hate. Yeah, that's right. Do, craft. do crafts. <laughs> <laughs> Traditionally, incredibly gay. Yeah, activity. I was like very gay, very very. Gay. <laughs> was it at least glittery and like felty? Paper mache. Oh, I wish it was glittery and felty. It was quite revolting. Oh, that's awful. But I'm it, sorry to hear that. You know, and I think. I, mm. I was just a bit devastated. Kay mm. was like, oh, my God, the hate mail. I've never had hate mail. <laughs> Adorable. Uh, anyway, we Baby's burnt. first hate mail. Yeah, baby's first hate mail. Put it in <laughs> put the it album. Put it in the album, yeah. uh, You know, and you've seen Alex. Uh, at, you know, and, and we certainly don't ask her to do that advocacy. Yeah. When, during mm. the postal survey, she said, you know, Mum, can I write your speech? Mm-hmm. And then I read it, and it was like what she wanted to say. Oh, you know? yeah. oh. How old is Alex? Alex was eight then. Yeah. 11 now. So... Oh. You know, I am a bit cautious because I won't talk about what school she goes to or anything like that. And, you know, where we live is already private and all my Mm. Facebook settings are, Mm. you know, always checked and private. Mm. And, you know, because that is what, you know, the horrible stuff that comes with my job and and death threats and stuff. So you just, you know, that's that's not Mm. a cost I'm prepared to pay as my family. So, Mm. you know, I'm the commissioner, it's my job and it's really their choice. Mm. As Alex gets older though, She's wanting to come to things. Which is great. And That's so things. good to so, hear. And she has been raised by the whole yeah. LGBTIQ yeah. community, you know, like, and I think they had some kind of talk about LGBTI mm. stuff at school and she's like, oh, mum, I was so, what, I was so bad. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> like, I could do a better job. I could do a better job. <laughs> yeah, way better. like, oh, okay. I said, you didn't, she said, I'm no, sure I she didn't, I didn't. I just sat and nodded and they explained the alphabet and I felt like, oh, come on, you know, yeah. <laughs> don't you know this? <laughs> Try real hard. Do you think yeah. she's going to politics? I have no idea. You Future know what? Future prime minister? Well, Ooh. the bragging parent, but she did win the debating. Ooh. Oh. Grade six debating <laughs> and regional debating. So, look, I reckon this kid could put us to anything, so. Yeah. Public speaking smart. is not a problem for Alex. Yeah. So uh, look, I think the world's her oyster, and like that's what we're working for. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. A better world Absolutely. where you With know. Understanding. Kids. I know she'll be cisgender and heterosexual, and I love her anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Ray, you that's share great. so much of your life yeah. personally, and 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 you're right. When you do that, it, it means so much for people to hear that mm. sort of stuff. Um, I've seen you talk at so many different events and functions, and every single time you just blow me away. And I'm I'm such a big fan. So thank you so much for coming along thank and chatting you. with us this evening. Um, now you're going to hang around with yeah. us for our little after show. We've got a f- couple more questions. Stay for you. tuned for that. It's sort of like Big <laughs> yeah. Brother up late. <laughs> Uncut. Start taking yeah. off a couple layers of clothing. Um, but no, thank you so much for joining us, Ray. If people want to go in and follow you on social media, um, so they can keep up to date with all the stuff they're doing, where do they go? Gee, I'm all maxed out on Facebook now. <laughs> oh. We've got to move me from... Um, oh, you haven't got a, a public page? No, I'm oh. all 5,000. I was trolling for okay. <laughs> you know, people that I could move mm. on. But um, So, um, Insta- I'm on Instagram. Great. Oh. Don't ask me my handle. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I'm on Twitter, uh, okay. row underscore commish. There we go, row there underscore go. Oh, commish You can find on me and you can find all the other handles from there, I think. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you so Hopefully much. Hopefully we'll see you again soon. Great. Pleasure. And that's our show for tonight. Don't forget to subscribe to all our socials. That's right. Come to our Adelaide show. Yes, if you live in Adelaide and you like hearing us, yeah. imagine seeing us. Seeing us. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, jump onto fees.org.au and look for the gays revolting mm-hmm. and grab a ticket. It's going to yeah, be lots of fun. and subscribe to our Patreon. That's um, right. If you're already subscribed, stay tuned. And we're going to jump back in with Ro and talk about some religious freedom. So glad to have you back, darling. Yay, thanks. Yay. It's been a great <laughs> two-man show. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.
ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 